Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Unpacking the Toolbox is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. talking about how Guillermo watched episode 103 Hell Hath No Fury twice yesterday, once today, and it's on in the background currently as we are recording this podcast, correct? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when I've watched this episode now a few times, I'm just like, this sucks. Like, this is so awful. Yeah. I don't uh, want to explore these feelings. Yeah. I feel this like massive oh. weight of responsibility where it's like, okay, if I'm going to breed and contribute a human being to our fucked up society, the least I can do is hope that they only add goodness and don't take it away. And right. I mean, my mom sort of I mean, my brother was like, is the best fucking dude. I know you know him. He's the best. But like he was yeah. such a fucked up teenager. Like he did such fucked up shit. He did not really? fucking rape a girl. Thank you, God. But like right. he definitely fucking sold fucking marijuana and did dumb shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And my mom was like at the end of her road right. with him. And look how how well he turned out. Yeah, he did turn out well. <laughs> I feel like, does your mom ever think that? Like, your mom had three boys. Oh, yeah. Plus, we grew up, you know, in the 80s in New York City where when the, in Washington Heights when the city was just like a, a ball of crime, a, a snow globe of crime. <laughs> oh, it was just shit. the worst, you know. So I, I can imagine. But they also, you know, they had really no, you know, my parents, we were kind of latchkey kids and they, were, they had to work 24-7 and they just had to trust that they, you know, instilled the right – sort of um values you know thing values and all of that in us and and just sort of trust and let us go and and you know luckily we're so- somewhat okay one of my favorite <laughs> facts about Guillermo Diaz growing up in such a fucking rough time and rough neighborhood tell me if this is wrong this is what it is in my head every time there's a close-up of the back of Huck's head oh yeah I love it so much because you have this scar back there because didn't you get hit with a gun? Yeah, I can't believe you remember that. Oh, I think of it every time I see the back. Every and since I've been watching all these episodes, and they yeah. always you're always ha- hacking Huck, and they're always yeah. zooming in you on the back the of back your of head on head. your computer, yes. and I always see that little bump on the back of your head. Oh my god! What happened yes. again? I got mugged in front of my building in Washington Heights at like eleven o'clock at night at gunpoint. They held the gun up to to my head and we're like, give me, I had like a flight jacket and like a, a ring, like this cheap ring. And they took my jacket in the ring and then they told me to turn around. And I was like, oh shit, this is it. Like no. I'm going to die. Guillermo, you thought you were oh, going to yeah. die? Oh, of course. But what? I, I some, somehow, you know how they say you get um super like 
calm in those Zen. in those moments yeah. of like complete you know where where you would you would assume that you'd be really scared and it would just be full on fear. I got really zen and really calm and just turned around. And then he just ended up hitting me with the gun in the back of the head, and that's what that what that scar is. I can't believe you remember that. Did you have to get stitches? No, I just went upstairs and my head was bleeding, and my mother was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> and put like a towel and some ice. Like they didn't even take me to the hospital, but. You know, it was a, it was a small, it was a, a you know, a pretty small cut. How old were you? I was like 17. No fucking way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is crazy. crazy. And right? where do you fall in line of the brothers? I'm the youngest. Yeah. So I have two older brothers. Yeah. That's yeah, why yeah, we yeah. work so well together, by the way, is because I have this theory that every couple that works out really well they're not the same in birth order. So I'm the oldest and you're oh, the baby. I'm right. the oldest and Adam's the baby in his family. Oh, shit. Like, I yeah, just, yeah, if you yeah. go around and ask people who are in loving relationships like me and Guillermo Diaz, yes. it's because <laughs> I'm the older and you're the baby. Not that you, not that we form, that that you're necessarily act like the youngest around me or not because you're no, 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 much no. older it's, than me. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I love that theory. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. That makes sense. I mean, it makes sense. Um, let's, let's do this, this stuff and yeah. we should like do this stuff, G. We let's should like fucking stuff. say what's on this fucking paper. <laughs> and on this fucking paper, it says, we're talking about episode 103, which was titled Hell Hath No Fury. It aired on April 19th of 2012. It was written by Matt Byrne which we will circle back on this. And it was directed by Alison Alice Lady Brown. Brown. Yes. We have so much to say about both of these. Gee, do you want to give me the synopsis in uh, Scandal Pace? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Here we go. Millionaire CEO Sandra Harding contracts OPA with helping her on... <laughs> I went over this so many times before we, <laughs> we started. And of course, now I'm like... Oh. <laughs> Our scandal pace might be out of practice, but as we continue this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Millionaire CEO Sandra Harding contracts OPA with helping on her son Travis's trial for rape. Amanda Tanner's only demand is a five-minute meeting with the president. And the White House gets hit with another scandal, an audio sex tape that Cyrus believes to be sent from Olivia as blackmail. And we have guest starring Joe Beth Williams as Sandra Harding, Curtis Armstrong as Attorney Cole, Michael Cassidy as Travis Harding, Mina Batty as Assistant U.S. Attorney Jane Powell, Jerrica Hinton as Hannah, the doctor who delivers this amazing speech to Harrison. By the way, Jerrica Hinton plays Stephanie Edwards in Grey's Anatomy. We're going to get to all of that. Yes. This episode, I think that the guest stars between Joe Beth Williams and... And Michael Cassidy were fucking incredible. Yes, yes, yes. This is this episode. I watched it a bunch, but it was also like every time I got something new, I got something new out of it. But but yeah, and I was so starstruck with these guest stars because Joe Beth Williams was the mother in Poltergeist and Poltergeist 2. Uh, she played Diane Freeling um, and she is freaking, uh, as everyone knows, I'm a huge horror film fan. And so being you know, around were you freaking out on set. I don't remember oh, this. My God. Yes. You were? I, I think I was maybe honestly with Joe Beth. I knew she was doing the episode and I think I saw her like by the trailers, but it, I don't think we had many scenes together. She might've been like in the office when, you yeah. know, Huck and Quinn and those yeah. guys were there. So I think I was kind of around her, but I didn't really interact with her on the show, but also, yeah, freaking amazing. And, um, and also our other guest star, Booger? Attorney Cole. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Booger from Revenge of the Nerds, man. Guys, Booger from Revenge <laughs> of the fucking Nerds. Yes. Like, I'm re-watching this episode last night for today, and Adam's like, that's Booger. And I'm like, yes. oh my God, <laughs> yes. that is Booger. If you're an the- 80s kid, like, like I am, and, you know, Katie's younger than I, but you remember Revenge of the Nerds. Like you, right? And Booger, like he if, was. Of course. And this is such a testament to Linda Lowy, our casting director, who's married to Jeff Perry, who played Cyrus. Like, yes, yes. God, the guest stars were so fucking great on this show. And honestly, the guest stars have to carry. Oh, yeah. The A story. Like yeah. they have a lot of times these guest stars. And G and I, you know, God, we've been around in this biz and like we've had to be like the lead guest stars on episodics before. Like I know you've done mm-hmm. all the fucking law and orders. I've done <laughs> yeah. all the without a traces and cold cases and all that. <laughs> it is a tough 
job. I mean, you're working every day for nine days. You are crying. You are getting raped. You are getting abducted. Yeah. You are. Yeah. <laughs> you're talking is. a ghost. You are a ghost. Remember you on Ghost Whisperer? I was. And also you're coming into this world of actors that, you know, have been doing the show for however, however many seasons. Yeah. Um. So so you're kind of, you know, you feel like a fish out of water sort of in the beginning. And then and then, you you know, you get your traction and then it, it flows and then it gets easier. But you're just coming into this world where everyone knows each other yeah it's like a well-oiled machine the show usually and um so you just want to go in and like impress so it, 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 it's a tough job i remember always we were always so kind to our guest stars i remember always saying to them welcome we're so excited you're here like we were all all so so kind because i think of the fact that we all have done so many guest star roles right so we know how it is to feel when someone is not sort of inviting or, or warm to you on set. And I think this leans into Shonda having like that no asshole policy. Yes. She had a no asshole policy where when she hired the series regulars of the show, she supposedly called our previous ex-bosses to sort of vouch for us and make sure that we weren't dicks. But yes, a lot of us also fucking come from theater and are major ensemble people. So when the guest star yeah. is coming in and has to do all this heavy lifting and literally sit at the OPA conference table sobbing their eyes out or whatever, I felt like we were all like... And talk at scandal oh. pace. All of a sudden, the directors were like, you got to pick it up, pick up the pace. Oh. God, could you imagine if I was guest starring on our show, I would have been shitting bricks. And you were saying how I've always been a big preparer. I think I, I, I was. But then do you remember towards the end of like the series, we'd all roll up to OPA and be like, what's like, have you looked at the scene? And we'd be like, I don't know. I guess let's look at it. Let's let's read it. <laughs> we, like, you know, and they were setting up. like. <laughs> I know. But what's so fucking crazy about scandal and episodic TV, I think in general, is that like your brain is a muscle. So like if you do 10 crunches a day in a few weeks, you can do 100 or whatever. But it's the same with fucking memorizing lines. It's like if you do it for eight years or however long we were doing it, we would got so good at the yeah. end that it actually made no sense to sit at home and sort of Exa do it in a vacuum. Exactly. We all started to realize that we could just Go go over. I mean, of course, we'd look at it at home and read the script and all of that, of course. But then we didn't need as much time preparing no. to learn the lines. We'd go over it a few times and then have it memorized like completely. So we would always come on to set and like run. We knew that the best way to learn it was actually with each other. Yes. And we would drill it on like lighting setups or set changes or in the hair and makeup trailer. But you were really good at like even Big fucking chunks, you and Josh Molina. Like, I think I know you say you've got a stoner brain and you do. And I love it so much. But like you were really good at memorizing a lot of shit. If I had like pages of a monologue like that, I definitely like went over it over and over and over the night before. Cause that I you you can't mess around with that. Do you run lines while you're like pacing, or are you just like sitting in your secret room? Honestly, Mikey would run lines with me. My my partner, he would he would run lines with me, and I would do it in front of him, and just do it over and over and over. And then you know, and then I'd you know keep drilling it until I got it in my brain. But yeah, if we had long monologues like that, especially that we had to talk so fast, you know, you you got to make sure you're on point. Yes. One more thing on this, and then we're getting to the official shit of episode 103. But I know we talked about last episode, Scandal Pace. It was such a thing. But, like, also, and do you remember this, G? Like, Shonda, at the very beginning of the show, said, how you say is up to you, but what you say is up to me. Yes, yes. So we could never say an of or a the or like improv a little bit like I've been on other jobs since Scandal where it's like you know you just like add a button or whatever the fuck yeah. and I'm like we never went off script didn't in the very beginnings I think it was Henry Ian Cusick who emailed Sean it was like can I say this instead and she was like no or I don't know what she said <laughs> but it was it like was. it was like a hard cold like Hell no. Like, say what I wrote. When we have him on, we have to ask him. But yeah. I remember him having a really fucking hard time because he was coming off of like eight years on Lost. And I remember having conversations with him the first season of Scandal where he was like, you don't even know. Like, we would show up in the fucking woods of Hawaii <laughs> shooting Lost and like 
No one knew their lines. Are you it kidding? Wasn't a, it wasn't about that. Like, it was just about, like, breathing heavy and running and, like, being afraid and, like, sort of, like, saying some shit that kind of didn't make sense anyway because Lost wasn't about, like, exact plot and character. Like, so he was coming into something being like, wait, I have to, like, say exactly. Yeah exactly was on the page. But what's so brilliant about Shonda and the the Scandal writers was if you missed an of or threw in an extra the or whatever or an uh, it's like messing up. um, It's like poetry, like saying the words. It's written so well. And we always talked about how if something's written really well, then it's really easy to memorize and to say. So if if you added something or took something out, it didn't flow as well. Absolutely. I've never had an easier time memorizing than Scandal. Same. So the beginning of this episode, I felt like this is so fucking cool. Like we're so yes. cool again. And it's because it's Columbus. Yeah. It's yeah. they're going in to get the little shitty spoiled piece of shit kid played by Michael Cassidy, who's just boned this like hot blonde chick. They're all fucking hungover. He's late to his court trial. Olivia comes in, wakey wakey, you know, and, and the music is playing and she sort of convinces the girl he was sleeping with to walk out of the door with Harrison hiding, thinking that it's, you know, Michael Cassidy role Travis yeah she sneaks him out the back and Harrison is so cool he's so cool he's always so cool and <sighs> and what stuck out in this episode too is the mu- I mean of course there's music and the music is amazing in, in yeah. every episode but in this in this episode that music is just that song is just playing over that whole sort of intro yeah right and even it's not only music without lyrics it's music with lyrics over dialogue which yes. is kind of like oh shit but it works so so well it's so it's so classic scandal yeah the beginning was such a classic scandal sitch i loved it so much and i felt like oh god when i come back like if i ever get to play a cool character i think i will oh do you think quinn got cool oh yeah quinn got so cool dude (laughs) oh hell yeah when you started wearing your leathers and your black boots (laughs) and your flannel you got so cool i don't know i felt like in her heart she's still such a fucking turd (laughs) aren't we all though we're we're all turds at heart i think all of wait can we take a moment to discuss what we're wearing on our heads yes and then we'll get more into the episode yes yes g and i wore our gladiator in a suit long sleeve comfy a little too tight don't put it in the dryer shirts in the last step Today I text you this morning. I'm like, what? What are we wearing today? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what do you have on? I was like, well, I'm thinking of wearing my beanie, my black beanie that I bought in the White House gift shop when we went for, to the White House correspondence dinner. Why did I buy stationery? <laughs> <laughs> I bought beanie a beanie. Is so cool. I bought a beanie. I bought a backpack. But we're fucking sporting it now and and chilling. My scandal hat is is really not cute. I love it, but I think it is not a great hat. I apologize to anyone who got who got this for us. Do I don't know. I gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> It's cute. It's a white beanie and it's, it's a disgusting. scandal. What does it say on it? Scandal, white gladiator. It's a white beanie, which just is not the right color for a beanie. Yeah. A white beanie is not great. Like, it's yeah. weird. You sweat in your head. There's yeah. dan Like, your head is gross. Yeah. I have makeup on my forehead. So to have a white hat on is, oh, isn't that funny? Because our show's all <laughs> oh, about wearing you the, got white the white hat. hat. Oh, shit. See what hey, we did there? Hey. <laughs> the hat says scandal in red and then gladiators in yeah. black underneath. Is your that. head hot? My head is so hot. I'm gonna be pulling this shit off in it's like so hot. 10 Whenever minutes. you need to just let your head breathe, G, just let it fly. <laughs> um the coolest part about scandal, there are so many things, but we got to go on the most epic trips. We got to go to two White House correspondent dinners, mm-hmm. both under Obama as president, and it was the most amazing, fun time. Was the hat you got from the first trip or the second trip? It was from the first one, yeah. Wow. And also, we were on the hottest like political show on television. So all of us in D.C., like there for the correspondence dinner, it was just, mm-hmm. it was it was so surreal. And meeting all these political figures and celebrities and like, you know, people that were like Aretha Franklin was like, I love your show. And it was just like wild to be around it was wild. these it's people. Like you know what dry. I mean? It's the closest. I always equate it to like, it's like the closest to being probably like what the Beatles felt like. Yeah. yeah. We talked about it before that you can't go anywhere, but I sort of can. But 
when you drop the scandal cast as a group into DC when we were on, it was like we were the fucking Beatles. Yeah, it was, it was dangerous. Yeah. In yeah, yeah, yeah. Insane. insane. And one of the most memorable nights of my life, I want to say, is when we were there. Oh, I think this was the last time, but whatever. Was I'm going to talk about it anyway. One? Yeah. I think it was the time we went. We went as a cast kind of three times for two different White House correspondence dinners. And then the last time we went to shoot the penultimate episode there. Yes. And again, we could never go anywhere as a group without being completely. I mean, it was not safe. Um, But Carrie had this idea that was like, I love all of the Washington monuments and all of the monuments at night. And so we um, got like two Escalades. That followed each other and it was pouring rain. So actually no one was around and freezing and and freezing. And the whole scandal cast like jumped around from like the Jefferson Memorial to the Lincoln Memorial to the Washington Memorial to the Einstein statue. Yeah. All at night while we were just chugging whistle pig whiskey out of the fucking bottles (laughs) to keep us warm. And we did photo shoots in front of all the monuments. We got, you know, we got out and videoed each other and took pictures. And yeah, and, and, and we were drinking whistle pig whiskey, which and then later on Bellamy I think it was Bellamy right who got us all yeah. a bottle of whistle pig I still have it you in, do? My, in my kitchen oh yeah I haven't opened it I'm not oh, opening I it I drank that yeah. shit you dr- <laughs> um okay so Joe Beth Williams is unbelievable in this episode um and the things that need that really struck out to me at the beginning okay we've got so Sandra Harding is the case her son is saying there's a rape allegation against him from a woman named Helen Fisher Olivia makes a deal with Gideon Wallace to keep the story quiet for 72 hours and then he'll get an exclusive. Amanda Tanner tells Olivia that she has undeniable proof of the affair with Fitz. Yes. Wait. Let's talk about Amanda Tanner for a second. Weren't you a huge Gilmore Girls fan? Oh my god, I still am. They play that shit like every single day. I like that's I have never seen an episode. Really? Talk about scandal pace, Katie. Those guys speak faster than we do. They speak so fast. Yeah. I but, remember auditioning for it. And oh, you Mara did? Kate, oh, yeah. I auditioned like a million times because it was like the hot show when I moved out to L.A. And I auditioned yeah. a million times and they would always make me speak really fast. And I'd be like, this is so easy for me. Like, why am I not getting a part on this show? <laughs> but I never got a part on that show. Their loss. Yeah. Oh, Amanda played, Tanner's played by Liza Weil, who who did she play on Gilmore Girls? She played Paris on Gilmore Girls. She was like the biggest, like staunch, like bitch, like super smart, like went to Harvard, like angry, like the meanest, like, but she was Rory's best friend, who's one of the lead characters on, on the show. Do you think Amanda Tanner is like a completely different character for Liza than Paris? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's why it was so great watching her play. Amanda Tanner, because I was like, this girl got range. You know, people say that all the time, but she, the the emotional places that that Liza had to go uh, playing Amanda Tanner was like, you know, I mean, I think we all kind of are familiar with it a little bit because we all had to, you know, go through some serious stuff on the show as our characters, but she just does such a wonderful job. Speaking about you guys listening, like Shondaland likes to sort of collect people, you know, that they continue from project to project and things like that. And Liza Weil at the time was married to Paul Edelstein. That's right. Who, well, he was play, he played Leo Bergen, but he was originally the lead doctor on private practice. That's right. Which is why Shonda and Linda Lowy know Liza. And I think this, I don't know if this is a secret or whatever, but whatever. (laughs) Liza, I'm pretty sure I remember shooting scenes with her season one when she was playing Amanda Tanner. And I remember her being like, I auditioned for Quinn. No. Yes. And I remember sitting there watching how fucking good she was and me being like, this makes no sense. (laughs) I remember being like, oh, my God. I thank God in heaven or whoever the fuck you pray to. It easily could have been Liza. Like, but anyway, I think Liza auditioned for Quinn and they just called her and said, no, we want you to be Amanda Tanner. Wow. We're going to have her on and we're going to have to ask and she'll tell us. I cannot wait to have her on. But the other thing that happens in this episode that I need to talk about, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. You have to tell me. Oh, no, not at all. Is that Tony Goldwyn takes off his shirt. When he wakes up, when he oversleeps. He's oversleeps and Melly is sitting in the fucking West Wing where wherever they sleep. No, the private residence, I think is what it's called. Yeah. And Tony's sleeping and 
We're just going to reserve the right on this podcast that whenever I call people their characters' names or their real names, whatever, get over yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tony's sleeping and he wakes up and he's like, Ugh. What's happening? Mandela got up for me. Like, <laughs> Mandela's waiting for me. I can't I'm the sleep. leader of the free, the free world. world. I don't get to sleep in. <laughs> yes, yes. He's in boxers and like a t shirt that he slept in and he quickly takes off his t shirt and I was dumbfounded. He's pretty easy on the eyes. What? is going on with this human being's body. <laughs> like, but, it's just not fair. <laughs> I don't get it. I love Tony. Right. He is family. He drinks wine. He orders desserts. He eats carbohydrates. He just must also, like, eat, like, baby vampires or something that I... J- Although, Katie, I remember during the table reads, I always remember Tony having ordering a salad. It was, like, from Tender Greens, and it was either the, the tuna... With mm, you know, with the, with the greens, I know I'm so hungry. Right? Are you I'm hungry? I'm so hungry too. Oh my god! Let's talk about what we ate in a little bit. <laughs> but I remember Tony always eating super, super healthy. I think as him, and then you know when Scott Foley comes into the picture, when Jay yeah. comes into the picture, they always knew. They were like, at the drop of a hat, they were like, "You got to take your shirt off. You, you know, you're gonna have sex with a, with Olivia or someone else." So I think that I feel like they were always super, super prepared. Well, he looked outstanding even in those two minutes. I was like, God, if you were editing the episode. You must have been like, and Shonda's sitting there like putting the episodes together. She must have been like, okay, well, we can just rest assured that Tony should be topless in every sex scene for the next seven years. <laughs> yes. Because he's fine. Yes. But also that that scene when he wakes up and he oversleeps, it reminded me, wasn't Tony always sleeping on set? Like, wasn't he, we'd always like <laughs> catch him like asleep. Like any chance he got, he was like sleeping. Yeah, why is he so tired? I don't know, but I'm tired too. I am too, but you know what? Maybe it's because he was 50 then. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, do you know what I mean? Like, when we were shooting Scandal, I was 28 through, like, 36. Wow. And you were... I turned 40 40. on the pilot. On the pilot, I turned 40, yeah. So he was, like, because I think Tony's, like, 66 or 67. I, I think he's no. the same age as mine. Yeah, I think he's six. Let's Google it. Wait, I think he's, I think he's like, 58 or no. 59. Yeah. Oh, am I? So, oh, he, oh, am I completely You're wrong? Hold age, on. Hold on. Age, Tony's if, if he's, he's 62. What? Oh, shit. Yeah. He looks good. I know. But so imagine at 52 years old. You're yeah. not even 52 yet, G. Imagine being on set with those hours. He was just so tired. She was tired. She got to sleep. She was like, I got to sleep. I think him and Jeffy were constantly sleeping on set. Yeah, Jeff was always sleeping for <laughs> sure. We'll be right back, guys. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Um, what other notes do you have? Well, let's talk about maybe Allison Leedy Brown. Like our director for this episode. Let's give a whole fucking moment of silence, respect, love, and adoration for that woman. Allison Leedy Brown came into our lives on Scandal and directed a whole bunch of episodes. I, I'm assuming this is the first episode she direct she directed, right? Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. The loveliest woman, super chill, super funny. Um so just, beautiful. Just so beautiful. Just such a great, great director. And I think she came from uh, directing a lot of stuff on like Nickelodeon, right? A lot of like kid shows. So it was funny to to see her transition from that into this, you know, crazy scandal world. We were so lucky to get her so early at the top. And actually, I never look at shit like this, but I have to say when I was rewatching this episode, there are so many just fucking dope shots. Yes. And I'm just like, I don't know about camera, but I feel like she's nailing it. Yes, yes. And we had such a love affair with Allison Liddy Brown because she came back and directed the infamous... 752, 752. Yeah. that Guillermo should have won every fucking acting award <laughs> under the sun. Also, Allison Leedy Brown is queer. She's, you know, she's a openly gay woman, which I loved, you know what I mean? Especially when she directed me in 72, because I'm openly as well. But I don't know, it was just a cool thing to be like, all right, cool. And I'm wearing a shirt that says queer right now. Yes, right? you are. Speaking about which, I was thinking about this last night. Oh, shit. <laughs> when we have Carrie on, we have to ask her this. I think oh, Carrie right. was like the last person to know that Guillermo Diaz is an openly gay person. She was like, what? I feel like the first bunch of episodes, we were all like pretty buttoned up about our personal lives. I think we were all just like kind of nervous and excited yeah. and like scared and trying to put like, you know, we just didn't know if we were going to be real life friends or like, you know, it was just like, I don't know if people like knew everything. And I don't know at what episode I asked you where do you live and you said oh i live in west hollywood right by the parade and i was like oh shit the parade yeah. like i literally had no idea what you were talking about i was like the parade and then i was like <laughs> oh the fucking gay pride parade oh my god is this person gay and then i ran home and i googled it and i found out that you were and i was like this is the fucking greatest news since sliced bread but then i remember that carrie I don't know how she found out, but I remember it was in like episode seven of season one while we were in Gideon's apartment and he's dead on the floor. This is how it is in my memory. I don't know if it's true. And she found out that you were gay. I think we were all talking and maybe I said it or something. And she flipped out screaming more because Carrie has an inside of her where she's like, I'm the dork. That's the last to know. Yes. She also has extreme FOMO, like fear of missing out. Like she needs to be in on every conversation, everything that's happening. Right. So I'm sure she was like, wait, what? How did I not know? Yes. She's very like, especially in OPA, it's such a like, you know, like a clique of high school students who are like all talking, 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 talking. And if you're like over to the left, getting your hair and makeup done and you like miss a little tidbit of hot <laughs> goss, you're like, yeah. you got to get in there, you know, yeah. so... Yeah. She felt like she hadn't known yet. Yes. And I think she was the last of the OPA people to know. So then what happens is this is insane. Are you ready for this tidbit I'm going to give you? Mm. Helen, who's the girl that is accusing Travis of rape, is played by this actress named Helen Waglum. She and I were in acting class together at Leslie Kahn. No way. And she was so She's so good. Good. Yes, yes, yes. She's got that monologue where she's like, how uh, much would How much you, would it take for you? Yeah. How yep. much would it take for you to be quiet about being raped, to shut up? How much could you be bought for? And her lip is all quivering and she's so good. Were you in the room? No, you're Huck's not I in wasn't that in the room for that, no. But I think that's the first time, obviously, that where the characters were Olivia and the other attorneys were. And they were all like, oh, shit, this bitch is telling the truth. Like, we're fucked now. You know what I mean? They were like, oh, she's not even taking the money. She was like, no, I don't want the money. Like, Yeah. And then they're trying to get him ready for trial. And he says to Harrison, well, what is what does this mean? They always take the money. And then Harrison calls Olivia and he's like, I think he's paid people off before, which sets all of OPA like down the path to know this guy's a fucking piece of shit. And Michael Cassidy plays him so well. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. He's such he's a great actor. He's so good. 
the other thing that when they find out, Harrison goes to get the rape kit from Jerrica Hinton. Hinton, yes. Who ended up kicking ass so much that, again, like I said, Shonda Lynn keeps it all an ensemble. Like, they gave her an amazing job. She played Stephanie Edwards on Grey's Anatomy. But how fucking great was her monologue? Yeah. Oh, so good. So moving. So (sighs) moving but powerful and, like, hell yeah. Like, she just... Throws it back at Harrison because he's sort of flirting with her in the beginning. Yeah. He's trying to get this rape kit. You know what I mean? And she's like, dude, you don't got to flirt with me. Listen, I deal with these women that have gone through this, you know, extremely traumatizing experience. Like, if you need something, I'll give you whatever you want. But don't flirt with me, especially not in this room, not right now and in, in this environment. You know what I mean? And she does it so freaking well. She's so powerful. Such a great freaking actress. Ugh. Yeah. She does it so well. She's such a good actress. Matt Byrne wrote this episode, which makes me think of how long I've been with Matt Byrne, because Matt Byrne, first of all, it wasn't until reading these pieces of paper that I even realized Matt Byrne was with us from the beginning. Was he? Like, I thought he came in at season two. I can't believe he wrote this episode. I I, Honestly, I was like, maybe season three or four, I thought Matt Byrne sort of came in, but... I thought so, too. And he wrote... Inventing Anna. No. Yes. So I, I mean, Shonda wrote it. Too. I mean, there, he was in the writer's right, room right, for right. Inventing Anna, but he was like a big dog on Inventing Anna. He wasn't like, oh, shit. A, he was like executive. I don't know what his title was, but it was a big title. And um, so I got to be with him in New York for nice. a while shooting Inventing Anna. And it's just so cool to watch and having been with someone sort of yeah. at the start. Because I don't actually think he was. A television writer before Scandal. I think he was actually a journalist. I think he wrote, I think he was a journalist and they, in the Scandal writers room, especially at the beginning, they had a lot of people who weren't television writers who could really write in that sort of up against a ticking clock, like article type way. But he wrote Inventing Anna and where I'm like, I play this character, Rachel Deloach Williams, and sh- and I'm sob, I'm crying like on the stand testifying. Right. And Matt Byrne came in and he gave me like a an acting note. And I was like, no. OK, you he came in and he was like, me? yeah, he came in and he was like, I'm <clears throat> I was there at this actual trial of Anna Delvey. He was at the trial for doing research for this show. And he was like, your character at this point is fucking ugly sobbing. This isn't like fake wow. like this isn't like even just a little bit crying like boo this is like how ugly and unabandoned do you cry when no one's looking and i was like oh fuck which is the worst thing you could tell an actor because then that pressure no tears anywhere to be found don't freaking tell me that shit like really guillermo i was like Bring in the tear stick. You're bringing them tear sticks. Do you ever you? I use a tear stick. Do you? I have in the past, but yeah, I have. Yeah, for sure, I have. And then there's, you know, you just never know. That's the thing about acting. Sometimes it comes and you don't need that shit, and sometimes it's just not available. You're just not. It's just not there, and you have to fake the funk. And that tear stick comes in for the for our listeners that don't know what a tear stick is. It's a freaking little hollow stick that has like. Um, eucalyptus in the middle, right? And and the makeup artist blows through it into your eyes to make your eyes tear up, right, Katie? Yeah. yeah. It's a yeah. Me- they have two different kinds. There's a menthol stick that's a blower. Yeah. That's what she's talking about. They like blow menthol crystals into your eyes. It's essentially like blasting Vicks vapor rub into your <laughs> eyes, which makes yeah. tears come. Or there's a lipstick tube that's menthol, like a Vicks VapoRub in a lipstick form, and I would just rub that underneath my eyes no. before they would call action. Yeah, I <laughs> I literally think I did damage sometimes during Between <laughs> Scandal and Inventing Anna. There are times, like you said, where I can cry on command and yeah. it's fine. But then you're on hour four yeah. of shooting the scene and you're so dried out and you're yeah. so like, I can't. Like, I don't even want to think about dead yeah. puppies anymore. And if your coverage, if you're last up to get your coverage, coverage is when they're, you know, the camera's pointed yeah. at you and you do you do the scene. Um, you're featured. By the time they get to you, sometimes it's just you're drained, like you said. It's, yeah. it's just not there. And sometimes it is. It comes out of nowhere. That's what's so beautiful about acting, too, right? Because it's sort of magical and you never know. Sometimes crazy, beautiful stuff happens and sometimes it doesn't. I agree. You know, and that's what that's also like sometimes I'm like I used to feel guilty, but then I was like, no, like that's good acting, too. Like I'm acting like I'm really doing this shit and nobody's clocking me for it. So, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like that was good, right? Oh, you mean like if you feel like 
I know. I used to be like, oh, fuck. Am I not supposed to tell people I use a tear stick because people yeah. think I'm, I'm a crappier actor? But that's the thing. We we don't use it all the time. It's no. it's once in a while when you feel like, okay, I need to I need, I need to be there at this level of, of emotions and I'm not there. So and then you'll do it. But it doesn't we don't use it all the time. A lot and of times, I also you know, don't like to spend the whole time thinking like, oh, my God, there are no tears coming. Yeah. So you're just like taking yourself out of the scene. You're not thinking yes. about what you want from the other person. Do you think Meryl Streep uses a tear stick? Hell no, I don't think so. But you but, think she's just that great? Yes, but I've also seen scenes where she's super emotional and crying, and there's no tears, and it and it still works, and her eyes are sort of well up. And do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be full on tears all the time. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, she's so wonderful. Somebody get fucking Meryl Streep on this podcast so that we can. I want to know if her. that bitch uses a tear stick. <laughs> Do you use a tear stick? I want to find out. I've got to know somebody that knows her. I like met her daughter once, but do you think it'd be weird if I went right up to her daughter and be like, does your mother use a tear stick? (laughs) It would be a little weird, I think. Yeah. But I think you should still do it because you're probably not that close with her, right? No, don't care. If I, I promise here now today, (laughs) folks, if I run into Gracie Gummer, uh, Mamie Gummer. I like those names. Yeah. If I run into them, I'm going to ask them if their mom uses a tear stick. Um, (laughs) Oh, we have to talk about Carrie Washington in her first White House state dinner dress. That is, she, no one wears clothes like Carrie Washington. So this is the first time we see uh, Olivia Pope dressed up going to a White House uh, extravagant event, right? This is the first time we see her. And it's remarkable. I mean, she looks so gorgeous and when they're dancing and his like hands are on her back because the dress is backless and it's white and I'm just like yes you know again Adam walked into the room he left and then he came back for this part and he was like my god they were so good together Harry had good chemistry with that white dress (laughs) that dress was outstanding she looked remarkable it really was yeah so classy so hot and I also felt so bad for Melly like cut to like what Melly's wearing and like some sort of dumpy hairstyle and like a crappy sort of it's not crappy but it was like matronly right compared to Olivia Pope yeah I was like oh shit Carrie had a lot of skin out and stuff and I was like wow Melly you don't stand a fucking chance like that wig was on tight on Carrie's head (laughs) (laughs) and their chemistry during the dancing when he was like Meet me in our spot. She's like, don't look at me. Don't look at me or whatever. He goes to that spot to wait for her. And she's sort of on her way to to meet him. And Cyrus first stops Olivia. And, and he's like, um, get out of here. We don't want you here. We know you're trying to blackmail us. Because in the meanwhile, um, <laughs> Cyrus receives a recording of Fitz having sex with a woman. And they um, obviously assume it's Amanda Tanner. And Cyrus thinks that it was Olivia Pope that is trying to blackmail them. So he stops Olivia Pope in her tracks where she's going to meet um, Fitz. And he's like, hell no. Fuck you think you're doing? Get out of here. (laughs) And he throws her out of the White House. And then he goes to the spot where Fitz is waiting for Olivia. And he sort of, you know, tells him. He's like, I know what you're doing. You're waiting here for fucking Olivia. Yeah. Well, she's not coming because she's. Trying to blackmail us. Yeah, it's it's really interesting how Cyrus is sort of that in between that middle guy. He is a sticky, tricky, smart <laughs> character. Sticky, who, tricky. He's, he's just like always looking. He's he's just doing what's in all, what he thinks is in his own best interest, no matter who. Yes. He has to sort of cross and double. He's he's playing double sides all the time. Oh, yeah. And he plays it so brilliantly, especially in, in this scene. I mean, always. Oh, my God. He's such an amazing, 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 amazing actor. Then this episode takes such a turn for darkness for me, which is I sob when the mom calls the cops on Travis. Can I tell you what's so dark and why I think that? And I'm so why? sorry I'm going to go here, Because you have a son now? Yeah. Yeah, because it made you think, like, would I do this to my kid? Well, I don't know if I would. Hopefully I never right. have to know. But I do, I get so worried about raising a kind boy, a kind white boy in this world and him ever hurting someone And me being completely aghast and shocked by, like, I can't believe I, like, raised a monster. You know, she has all these brilliant monologues where she was like, I was never there. I never made it to his games. And I'm fucking all up in my son's shit. You're such a present mom. Yeah, you're all up in his grill. (laughs) 
Okay, what else haven't we talked about in this episode? What are other favorite things? We should talk about how the character who is accusing uh, this young piece of crap who supposedly raped her, we find out the OPA team ends up discovering that it was her best friend that in fact was raped by him. And she then, and and that girl ended up killing herself. He paid her off. She ends up killing herself. And so her best friend, we cut to, what is this character's name? Helen? Yeah, Helen. So Helen ends up dyeing her hair and sort of, um, I don't want to say stalking because that has a nasty edge because she was trying to get this guy back for what he did to her best friend. Yeah, she's trying to um, blackmail him. No, what would the word be? She's trying to trick him into like taking her out and having sex with her. And then she accuses him of raping her. But, you know, and and so the OPA team finds out and and, um, Booger ends up like destroying her on the stand and she's crying. It's such a sad emotional scene because you feel for her. You're like she's she was fucking stepping up for her best friend who ended up killing herself because this guy raped her. So she was like, I'm going to dye my hair. I'm going to find this dude Then I'm going to end up accusing him anyway. It was all obviously, you know, when, when it's all discovered, they can't prosecute because it wasn't her. It was her friend. And Travis fucking gets off because he's a piece of shit. And then the mom has to make this choice about calling the, you know, Olivia goes to her door and says what he did wasn't your fault. But how you handle it now is right. Exactly. Yeah. And so she calls the cops on him. And then I freak out about raising a son. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And the mother ends up calling the cops on him and they take him away, which is so satisfying. It's so great. And he's like, what? So satisfying. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> As yeah. we would say. <laughs> we'll be right back. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just arrived swim, cover ups, corset tops and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles like the made to be seen very sexy push up bra from the very sexy collection in on trend hues like black shine, green and citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The other thing I love, two more things about this episode. Mm -hmm. Okay, three. One, Tony says, why'd you invite Liv? And Melly says... In that classic, creepy, fucking Bellamy knows all type way. She's just like, you needed to see her. You slept better last night, didn't you? And you're like, what the fuck is going on with this relationship? Yes, she knows. What does she know? How much does she know? This feels so icky and so interesting. 
and I love it. And the way that Bellamy Young is able to just like fucking deliver that in two lines is ridiculous. She kind of lowers her voice. Yeah. She goes down here. I know. <laughs> now you can sleep, can't you? We got to make her do that on this podcast. Yes, yes. I was going to say, speaking of memorable, memorable lines, this is this the episode where Huck says to Quinn, you're weird, weird is good, which I love. Oh my God, I can't believe we almost stepped over that. No. I remember getting that monologue and it said, scandal pace, as fast as you can say it, Katie, where I call Gideon and I'm like. You were so. So good and so fast in that scene. And that beautiful shot of that like stained glass, like piece of art, whatever it was behind you. Oh, it's such a great. And then Huck is waiting at the door and he says, and you say, you're weird. And I say, no, I'm not. And you say, weird is good. And I say, thank you. We're so dorks. It's the best. Weird is good. And right here, right now, is even like the beginning of the Quinn and Huck shit. Yes, yes. You're already seeing what they're fucking doing. Like, yeah. I'm not sure if they knew or they didn't know. Yeah, I think they were starting to kind of feel feel it going that way. You know what I mean? It's just so great. And then another scene that stuck out, I don't know if you were going to say this one too, hmm. is when she's at the bar and she's waiting for Gideon. And he Huck shows up and he's like, put your hair down, flirt a little bit, but not too much. <laughs> Don't drink the real drinks. Let yes, him drink. You yeah. drink this. You pay off the bartender. By the way, we see the Quinn and Huck thing. And then we see Quinn say to Liv, which I kind of, I didn't like hate my performance, which is good. I said, um, well, I trust my gut and I think she's lying. Yeah. And I just fast forwarded all the way to like the end of the series where OPA is QPA. Mm-hmm. And this whole thing started because Olivia Pope, I mean, didn't start. She can do a million things. But one of the things that makes Olivia Olivia is her gut. And we already see from the beginning of Scandal that Quinn's got one, too. I thought of that, too. It's so brilliant. But then I, at first I was like, fuck, isn't Olivia supposed to be the only one that, you know, goes with her gut? But then I thought, well, that's the whole reason that she put this team together. That's the reason why she got freaking Lindsay Dwyer and changed her identity. She knew there was something special about you, about Huck, about um, Harrison, about Abby, about all of them. They're all flawed, but then they're all sort of brilliant in their own way, too. So you see when Quinn says, you know, I trust my gut and, you know, I think she's lying. Olivia has that sort of moment of like, wait, what are you talking about? But then it sort of clicks for her and she's like, oh, shit, okay. This girl, this girl's got a gut too. Whoa. Which I love. The other crazy thing that I have read about on the internet that exists in this like the interweb dark net. Remember, we would always talk about the dark net. On yeah, the dark web. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. On the dark web, some fans seem to think in this whole like Olivia has a gut and Quinn has a gut. And maybe from the beginning they knew that OPA was going to turn into QPA. Supposedly, some fans think that Quinn is only named Quinn because it's the closest letter from an O. Like, all you would have to do to make O-P-A-Q-P-A is add that little line. (laughs) Think. Yeah, what is that? There's got to be a name for that little line in the Q, right? I wonder. That's got to be on purpose. Olivia Pope and Associates? Yeah. Quinn Perkins and Associates? Quinn Perkins. Oh, shit. Is that? I have goosebumps. Mine The dark web is fucking crazy. Right. (laughs) And then the episode ends with the big reveal that Amanda Tanner is... With child. As they used to have to say in the 50s on I Love Lucy, they couldn't say pregnant. They had to say with child. Is or, that true? Yeah, they couldn't even say no. I'm pregnant. Yeah. So Amanda Tanner is pregnant with what we seem to believe is President Fitzgerald Grant's baby. Mm-hmm. And she's only asked for a sit-down meeting with him. That's what she wants. Yeah. Um. Some fun facts about this episode is that David Rosen is seen with a dog. (laughs) Un perro. (laughs) Un perro. Oh, remember on the scandal days where I'd be like, let's try going a whole day where Gamer only speaks to Spanish Spanish. to me so that I can learn Spanish and I would make it one minute. I'd be like, bueno, ¿qué vamos a hacer hoy? ¿Qué, qué tiene que And Katie was like, okay, I'm done. Can't do it, can't do it. Don't understand what you're talking about, and I'd love to talk too much. And then we'd be like, let's go see what food they got in the, in the you know, at Crafty. Let's go look at food. So he's got a dog in this episode. It's the only time the dog appears and never appears again. 
<laughs> yeah. You think they were probably just like, this shit is so expensive. Like, fuck it. I mean, and, and also, like, you know, how many opportunities was there to be like, let's bring in the big dog? You know, he was either in his office or at OPA or wherever. So it kind of, you know, I, I get that the, the dog phased out. Yeah. The working title for the episode was actually A Woman Scorned. The title comes from the phrase, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Wait, so it's called hell hath no fury. Yeah. And it was originally a woman scorned. I think maybe because a woman scorned, people wouldn't know that that was from a saying. Yeah. And I guess they wanted to leave it sort of a, a little bit more encompassing of a lot of stuff. And except a, instead of focusing in on the woman, the woman part, maybe. Oh, that's a good point. Perhaps. I don't know. In wrapping up, should we do some tweets of the time? Oh, shit. You ready for? Oh, shit. Time, 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 time. Tweet, tweet, tweets of the time. Tweets of the time, y'all. Oh, my God. So many of these tweets that I'm reading from April 26th. There's a tweet from Guillermo Diaz. What did what did Which, you tweet? Dude, I don't even freaking remember why I tweeted that shit. I'm, it looks like it's a response to something, right? Because I say, stop trying to make fetch happen. LOL. Thanks, Mike. Glad you're enjoying Scandal ABC. Who the hell was I talking to? Why is that guy, Mike One, trying to make fetch happen? Right? Like, what is he talking about? And is that Mike Webb, my boyfriend? Like, I wonder if that's because my boyfriend's name is Mike. But I wonder because I remember he was on Twitter for like a hot second. But then he. what was Mike's Twitter name? Do you remember it? I don't remember because he was literally on for a second. So I wonder if that was him. Anyway, we won't ever know. But let me tell you something. That guy, Mike One. Fetch never happened. <laughs> Fetch never happened on Scandal. Oh, boo boy. Oh, boo boy. Bye, balloon. Oh, that's a whole other thing we got to talk about <laughs> when that episode comes up. Bye, balloon. No, the balloon scene, I think, was cut. Oh, no way. I don't think it ever made it to air. I really don't, but we'll get there. But we, could, but we, could, we remember oh, the episode, so we can oh. still talk about So then Natalie Abrams also tweeted this night, Scandal Tweets of the Times, and Natalie Abrams was like a fucking huge journalist, reporter, fan who covered Scandal from the start when nobody was. Like the beginning of Scandal, nobody cared. Nobody gave us press. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. Except for Natalie Abrams. She wrote, in case you missed it, hashtag Scandal Scoop, will Quinn's relationship with Gideon get her into trouble? (gasps) That's not that interesting. But anyway, shout out to Natalie Abrams. We love you. Carrie tweeted a tweet that night of a picture of her in the incredible dress with her shy makeup artist, Sherry. And she wrote, we have the best crew on TV at Scandal ABC. Love. Yes. Sherry Knight, who was Carrie's makeup artist for all seven years. She needs to come on this podcast. We love her so much. Yeah, we love her. Are there any other good ones, G? Yeah, there's another good one from Mozella Jr., Mm-hmm. And she says, Cyrus in Scandal is a lion bleep, bleep, bleep. I think what she meant to say is Cyrus in Scandal is a lion piece of shit. <laughs> exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation, exclamation point. And then she says, I'm angry, exclamation point. Hashtag Scandal. This is really starting to ramp up. Oh, someone's got a good note for us. Sad bitch summer at Twinkies and Wine says the only bad thing about Scandal is that the transitions are seizure inducing. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I think she means because the clicks of the camera, right? It is sort of. Yes, yes, yes. Well, good luck because we use the shit out of that sound effect for seven years. (laughs) Yes. Someone else tweeted. And another thing is the person's um, sort of name. Mesha Crump. Yeah. Olivia Pope is a bad, bad woman. Exclamation point. Wow. People are starting to get in their feel in their feelings. About the show. But also it's the beginning of the show where I feel like people didn't know which way to feel about Olivia Pope because very soon we're going to see from Tweets of the Time that Olivia Pope can do no wrong. Yeah. I really feel like at a certain point, Olivia Pope was the greatest fucking superhero to have ever graced everyone's television screens on Thursday nights at nine or 10 o'clock. And no one ever Mm -hmm. tweeted bad shit about Olivia Pope and God forbid you were a character on Scandal who was against Olivia Pope at the time you were fucked <laughs> and even when she fucking killed that dude with a chair people were still like oh Olivia 
She's so wonderful. Olivia, the way you kill that guy with a fucking chair. She freaking clobbered this motherfucker and killed him. The way you rigged an election. The way yeah. you cheat. We love you. You can do no wrong. Olivia Pope is fucking perfect. Yup. At this point, people just like weren't sure. I mean, this is only episode yeah. three of the 120. I think we did 120. Super, super early on. Yeah. G, did you know, like, I know we do tweets at the time, but I also think that during this show, there were actual real life scandals of the time. A lot of scandals. Listen, I bet there were scandals left and right during this whole show. I mean, there's scandals every day. Which we have to do that research, too, which I'll put you on, Guillermo. Since you're the researcher of the show who researches all the guest stars and their links to horror films, I need you to also put on the list scandals of the time. I'm on it. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, G. I kind of don't, but tell me if you do. Mm-hmm. During the airing of this episode, all these Secret Service dudes were relieved of their duties because they were all messing around with prostitutes. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, but that's what's so crazy about Scandal is that, like, nothing we did was far from truth. Yeah. Ever. But also, that sounds so vanilla right now in 2022 when the twice impeached, disgraced former president, like, stole literal documents from the White House and he has them in his freaking... You're so right. ...house or wherever the hell it is. And that a couple of prostitutes for these secret agents, like, yo... They don't have time to go date and go to bars. Yeah, they're working 24-hour fucking shifts trying to keep the fucking most important person of the free world alive. It's like they need to pay for a quick 15-minute blowjob. Yeah. Listen, sex work is a is a respectable, like, legitimate business. And Have you ever I been to Amsterdam? I haven't, no. I thought you were going to ask me if I've ever hired a prostitute. <laughs> in Amsterdam, where sex work is legal, it's so fascinating. <laughs> but at 7 o'clock in the morning, people are just like, there's the the line of the rows that are, you know, men, women, straight, gay, this, that, the yeah. other thing. You're walking past their little ro- their little rooms with the little, and it's all like regulated and measured and, and safe and Like a transaction, yeah. And a transaction. Yeah. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, the Secret <laughs> Service guys. <laughs> That that scandal doesn't seem like seems so vanilla right now, right? Like the fact that that was a scandal back then. Now it's like, really? Like, I love scandals of the times, though. It does seem vanilla. I hope all those Secret Service agents have found employment since then, I guess. Or have married some of their, you know, prostitutes. Found love? Perhaps. Yeah. Sure. Or now that they're unemployed, they have lots of free time to date. Yes. And now they don't have to pay for sex. Exactly. Well, it brings up to the point of Harrison in in the season one where, you know, when Abby's so fucking mad at him about him that Stephen uses, you know, the dame to pay for sex. Yes, the madam. And all these, Mm -hmm. the madam, exactly. And Harrison is like, well, like, whatever. We're all paying for it. I do it, you know, whether it's for dinners or nights out or taking into the movies or some fancy restaurant. I mean, it's the same bullshit different day. You know, it's like. There you have it, listeners. There you there have it. There you have it. Scandals of the time. Yes. Um, Gladiators, we love you. This is the joy of my life to get to just hang out with Guillermo Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> And talk about scandal and relive these amazing memories and experiences we had. Yes. You guys, we have such exciting, fun things. This was episode 103, and we've got guests coming out that you're not coming up and out. I sort of mashed those words. Both. Maybe some of them are coming out, too. You never know. We've got Oksana Bayul coming on. we got Oksana Bayul, who, um, uh, I want to make a correction. She's not a Russian skater. She was a Ukrainian skater. Anyway, I didn't want to. But yes. Oksa- and Oksana Bayul and Brendan Hines, I hope, are very happy together. No, that's not true. Oh, They're not- yes. We're, we can have their, we should have them <laughs> on, talk about their wedding. We have exciting guests coming on. Stick with us. So yes. much fun recapping of episodes. And we have, I, like, I can't even tell you the guests we're going to be talking to. All of your favorite scandal characters and how they came to be. OPA, the White House, like they're all going to be on here. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Gladiators, we love you, and we love when you all come together. So come together and listen to this podcast. Huckleberry Quinn, y'all. Huckleberry Quinn. Huckleberry Quinn, y'all. Come back, and thank you so much for listening to the Scandal Rewatch podcast, Unpacking the The Toolbox. The Toolbox with Katie Lowe's. And Guillermo Diaz.
Gracias, mi amiga. De nada. Mi esposo. <laughs> Qué rico. Bye, balloon. Yeah. I don't know what our official sign off is. Bye, balloon. Bye. Thank you guys for joining us on Unpacking the Toolbox. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share with your friends, rate, or leave us a review. Scandal is executive produced by Sandy Bailey, Alex Alche, Lauren Homan, Tyler Klang, and Gabrielle Collins. Our producer and editor is Vince DeJohnny with music by Chad Fisher. Scandal is a production of ABC Signature, and you can follow along by rewatching Scandal on Hulu. Unpacking the Toolbox is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app or anywhere you subscribe to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.